You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. Elvis is back from the oil rigs today. He is uh, here late at night. We're filming the bench cast. Flew all the way in from North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. The closest oil rig to here. Yeah, in the North Dakota, we are coming March 14th. You can check out the bench clinics page. We got all our uh, new clinics up for 2020. Santa Cruz is going quick, guys, so you're going to want to jump on that. Uh, if you want to, if you're in the California area, you want to catch us live. I'm doing a bench clinic in the Santa Cruz area, Santa Cruz Strength, uh, January 18th. So it's coming up and it's going quick. There's still a good amount of tickets, um, so you're gonna want to get yours soon uh, by mid December. Better get on that. Um, again, BigBenches.com bench clinics. All right, it's right in there. All of them are posted up there. All right, so getting into the podcast. Today we are talking about five training tips for motivation, accountability, and sustainability. Okay, these are all big things. Motivation, um, staying motivated in your training, um, how to, that, that's big for continuing to push forward, especially when times are tough, digging deep within to find that motivation, uh, accountability, having accountability to your training, to your training partners, um, holding yourself accountable, getting the work done, and then sustainability. Being able to do this for a long period of time, um, that's what sustainability is all about. These are three big values, and I'm going to share five training tips uh, for them. All right. So number one would be setting goals. All right. And this is going to go under the motivation category. All right. Setting goals is absolutely critical uh, to keep yourself motivated, all right? Uh, I don't know if you've ever went through a period there, Elvis, where you haven't really had goals. I'm, I certainly did where I wasn't sure what I was planning on doing. I didn't really have – I just wanted to kind of keep pushing weight, but I didn't have a certain meat goal. I didn't really have any good long-term or even short, short-term goals. It was very hazy, um, and it's tough. It's tough to stay motivated during that period of time, and that was pretty much my – 2018 in a nutshell it's just not great goals yeah it's just one of those things like i I recently just got over being injured and during that time it's like what what can i really do you know yeah and then uh, injury too it's want to set those small goals towards um you know small things like being able to even do the movement again i know when you someone comes off a major injury it's a battle just to get back to doing an empty bar it's one of those things if, like, you're injured and what you're doing isn't helping, kind of almost get defeated, and it just doesn't really help your situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, having the goals set in, in front of you there is critically important. Um, know what you want, all right? Know what you want, where you want to be. Uh, every, you know, you talk about the five-year plan in business when you're on an interview. That was as where you see yourself in the company in five years or, you know, where would you like to be in five years? You know, have have like a long-term goal for your training as well. Uh, where do you see yourself five years from now? You know, a lot of people I, I bring up, you know, I'd like to see where you are years from now. They kind of just laugh at that. But, you know, you have to 
realize lifting in general too takes time everything about it is time-based it's uh very patience orientated if you want to learn how to uh, create patience you get into power lifting because gaining strength does not happen quickly um so have that plan for five years do you want to do one of those big meets you know for me i remember early on it was to get to the arnold because i saw everyone going to the arnold i'd never been to the arnold um you know i always i never thought of going but then i realized you can actually compete at a high level there i thought that was the coolest thing uh just unfortunately my strength level did not match that of what i needed to be there at the time drove me nuts i would try cutting weight for no reason to make the weight classes and uh you know it wasn't until i put in another year or so that i was actually within reach of that total so um, you know, but that was my long-term goal. That was what was driving me for the longest time was trying to get to that point where I could compete the Arnold. When I finally did, it felt really, really good. Um, still one of my favorite moments when I was able to uh, qualify for that meet. You know, the first time I hit that qualifying total, that was probably the, probably the single greatest meet feeling I've had. You know, I've been able to bench 820. Um, total 1900 and 198 class at the Arnold and still probably if you had to ask me what meet was my favorite in terms of how I felt after probably the first time I punched my ticket to the Arnold because uh, that was a grinder of a meet I battled it out to the very end um, but that was me succeeding in my goal and that's why it was so great so know what you want it might not always be number related, as I just touched on. It might be that you want to compete at a certain event. Uh, might be that you want to compete with certain people. You know, it could be any of those types of things. Um, you know, how far do you want to go within the sport? You know, what is what is your ultimate uh, goal in this sport? Do you want to be number one because that is going to require you to make some very big sacrifices? All right, it's going to have to become the center of your attention, what you're doing, how you're training. Um, if you want to become number one, that's a whole different type of demand that just doesn't come to you. Uh, you have to be willing to put in a lot of sacrifice and a lot of years of effort. Uh, or do you are you okay with just pushing your numbers a little bit each meet? Uh, maybe qualifying for some big events, but nothing much more than that. Uh, if you're okay with that, maybe you have other priorities in life and it's just more of a hobby for you, that's fine. But understanding how far you want to go is really important. Uh, knowing your why in training. Why are you training? Um, that's important. And I bet, you know, even if we asked ourselves that now, we might have not even given that much thought. I don't know if you could think of that off the top of your head, but I certainly struggle with that a little bit. It's hard for a lot of people because... Sometimes you just add things into their training program. They're not really sure. They don't have a very clear why. And these things just, like, stick around. And then, you know, two, three months later, they wonder why they're plateauing their lifts or anything. Just because they're doing a lot of garbage movements instead of, like, some really good meat and potatoes kind of movements. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, when you fall short of, uh, you know, certain goals and whatnot, having your why, or if you get injured or whatnot, having your why behind you, to drive you is really really important uh and if you dig deep enough it's probably a much deeper meaning um so i know a lot of people who get into lifting you know like usually you're a little bit of an outcast most lifters are, are pretty much outcasts and you they pretty much have stories of getting bullied or being isolated or you know whatnot uh, when they were younger 
I know for myself, <clears throat> I didn't really feel like I had um, this niche or group that I fit into. Um, I didn't really feel like I fit into the normal crowd. Um, once I got the powerlifting, lifting in general, the gym and in, in that environment, um, that just felt right. Uh, everyone in there felt like a friend to me. And uh, I just immediately loved it, knew I wanted to be around that. Uh, even when I'm at meets, everyone's like a giant family. We're all having fun, and uh, you know it's easy to communicate with everyone. It's a place where I feel like I fit in, um, so I know that's very important to me. But you know, if you really had to dig deep, you want to have a strong why of why you're training. You know, that's that's super important because that'll always keep you motivated. Um, so, like I said, it's really for me one of my things is it's just part of my identity. It's what fulfills me. Um, you know, if, if someone had to describe me, um, you know, if I was to, to die tonight and someone at my funeral tomorrow, you know, they'd probably have to mention something about lifting cause it's just part of who I am and what I've done to this point. Um, and will probably continue for a very long time. And something else that's very important to me is passing on. And, um, you know, I'm sure the longer you go to your lifting careers as well, uh, passing on is going to be very important to you, whether it's to your own family, um, to younger ones coming up. You know, me being a coach, it's very easy for me to pass on. But um, in any retrospect, how you do it, passing on to a friend, you know, what you love and have done for a while, being able to share that and what has worked well for you. Um, so that's usually a very strong why as well. But those are some of the things that um, help me keep going when times are tough. And, of course, motivation there. And the deeper your why, the easier it is going to be when times are tough to continue pushing on, to continue trading. It's it it's really easy if you just start for like fairly like vain reasons or something like you want to get girls. I remember in high school, all the, all my friends who were lifters, they only lifted for two or three years. They wanted to get girls, and then that just that faded away real quick, and they're in and out of the gym. It wasn't a very strong why. Yeah, that was very superficial that one, um, and that goes for a lot of people like if you're just getting into it to be stronger there's not really a deeper meaning to it it's more vanity than anything um you know that's not gonna hold you to keep going uh when times are tough one injury that'll take you right out of it and usually that's something i'll see with people right away um you know mostly when the the going gets tough because it will you know you'll stagnate for a very long time you'll get injured things will happen um, you know, I can pretty much pinpoint right away, is this person going to stick with it? Uh, or is this person really doing it for superficial reasons? It's not really part of who they are. They, you know, it's more of a hobby. Usually those people don't last long. And, you know, what if they get a good amount out of it for two years or so, you know, so be it. You know, they had their time. They enjoyed it for that time. But, you know, I, I can really tell who's going to be in it more long term. Um because they have strong whys. It's just kind of part of who they are. Uh, number two. Number two goes with accountability. All right. This is big for accountability. Accountability is huge. Um, again, like I said, because uh, you are going to continue to put the work in. You're not going to, to skip out sessions. You're not going to shave work off. You're going to keep putting the work in. And that's really huge, having that accountability around you. <coughs> One. Oh, go ahead, Elvis. I was going to say, there's a lot of different ways to have accountability. That's yep. why people seek out coaches or training partners or groups. That's a great segue because the main thing I'm talking about is hiring a coach. <laughs> 
having a coach. This is something that I just did myself because I did not want to uh, have the burden of continuing to push my own training. You know, we got to the point where, you know, our team's growing. I'm programming for a lot of our lifters. I enjoy that very much so. Um, but I would put my own training on the back burner. I always say, oh, you know, I'm going to program myself as well. But get so wrapped up in doing the business side things that I don't program for myself. So I wasn't holding myself accountable. But a coach will hold you accountable. And it's like I hold my athletes accountable for getting their work in as well. What's important with that is that you make an investment. Anything you invest in, you are going to have accountability with. You know, it's like it's like that analogy if you are handed a car, you know, you're not going to treat it nearly the same as if you saved up for years and years, finally were able to purchase your dream car. You know, you're going to treat it in a very different fashion. Um, you know, it's important to have a pretty good investment uh, in a coach or something because then you're going to treat it more serious. So when our so we actually raised the prices of our program about a year ago and it has easily been the best thing in terms of accountability as an athlete. Um, for those who make that investment with me now, um, you know, of course our price is a little bit higher to get involved with our full coaching program, but that has been the best thing that the athlete could actually ask for because the quality of lifters that we get on our team now, you know, they're, they have stronger whys. Um, they're much more invested in doing the work. You know, they hold themselves more accountable because they have made this investment. Um, you know, and that goes for anything. You want to actually invest in things. You don't want cheap options. You know, it's the same thing if you buy products. You buy cheap products, it's cheap service, you know. So you want to make an investment in something. Um, it's usually well worth it, and you will take it a lot seriously. No stress. Uh, part of having a coach, hiring a coach, that is one of the main things I've been enjoying a ton of is that uh, takes all the stress out of it. You know, you can focus on just being the athlete, which is huge. You know, I don't know Elvis, what your experience is versus um, having a program set for you versus doing it yourself, but I've noticed very, very big difference in how I attack the training. It's one of those things I tend to overthink things a lot. So when I write out my program, I'll, I'll tend to, like, change it on the fly, especially when I'm at the gym. I have it all written out, and then it's like, no, I don't want to do this one. I want to do this one instead, and then it just it, – it leads just me not following things consistently. Yeah, and I have a hard time. Like, I have – Certain principles and things I like to follow um, with my own training, but you know, in terms of actually writing out what I want to do, um, I have a hard time doing that for myself. Uh, you know, and I, it's something that it's hard to hold myself accountable to do it all the same. You know, I'll change some things very easily, but when I have invested in the coach to do that part for me, it's so nice just being able to walk into the gym, know my plan ahead of time, have the ability to be like, okay, what do I have to do next week? What am I doing tomorrow? Have that all laid out in my head. I'm able to plan for it, not only physically but mentally, and then just go into the gym and do it. There's no guesswork. There's no stress involved. Um, you know, it makes life so much easier. So... Um, you know, hiring a coach is probably the number one thing you could do for accountability um, because that's their job. You know, they, they are there to hold you accountable. So find a coach if you don't have one uh, makes your life so much easier. And 
you know, that's the last thing I want to touch on is finding the right person. So how do you know this person's going to be right for you? You know, for myself, um, you know, I wanted to work with someone that uh, knew me. You know, we had a relationship already. But, you know, someone I could trust, obviously. I didn't want to start with someone that's just brand new to me. Um, someone I haven't had communication with in the past. Uh, that was important to me. You know, um, so I reached out to Jamie. Jamie Mata runs Fairhaven Powerlifting uh, because he was someone who originally taught me the bench shirt. So we go back many, many years. And that was actually the first time I um, helped judge a meet, too, was at his meet. And, um, you know, so, and, and I actually attended one of his powerlifting clinics. And we're actually doing a bench clinic together in March. That's the March 21st bench clinic in Vermont. Um, so, uh, you know, I knew him very well. I knew what he's all about. And I knew he would um, work with me uh, to get the job done. So I reached out to him. Um, you know, obviously finding the right person can be a little bit difficult. It's a little bit of a leap of faith most of the time for a lot of people, especially if you're someone who's just getting into the sport, which you need to coach the most when you're just kind of getting into it or you're really stagnated. Um, but, you know, maybe you haven't had much outside communication because you're in a commercial gym or you're in a home gym. You're not really around powerlifting gyms or, or coaches or people or meets. Um, so it's hard to find the right person. So, you know, obviously what the best thing I can say for that is – um, follow someone for a while. Don't just see something, jump into it. You know, um, most of the people who have joined our team, I imagine they have been following us for quite some time. You know, it, they probably came across our Instagram. They probably came across my YouTube and they have been following me for a good amount of time. They understand the information I'm putting out um, is valuable. They have used it. They have seen success with it. And then they made the, the leap of faith to reach out to me to actually get that one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, but it probably wasn't an overnight thing. They probably didn't just see one video and be like, that's the guy. You know, they had to kind of put that... Um, to the test a little bit in the gym, build some trust with me, and ultimately that trust uh, is what probably brought them to the team. So that's the same way I would go about, um, you know, finding the right coaches is uh, follow them for a little bit, you know, see what they're all about, uh, what they put out there, if they're consistent, um, if you could trust them, and then make that leap. I forgot what it was, but um, when, I, when I was interviewing to be a personal trainer, one of the things that was always drilled into me at every interview was that um, <clears throat> prospective clients are going to be looking at you at the gym anywhere from like three to six months before they hire you. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's the same thing with finding a powerlifting coach or anything. You need to like look and do your research and figure out, is this the right person for me based on like your injury history, your experience level, like what your weaknesses are and like how their athletes are doing. Yeah, that's that's big too. Is how are there the people that they coach? Are they finding success? Are they happy with what's going on? You know, that's that's really important. And I think one of the worst things you could do is quickly just go to the best lifter out there, just because they offer online coaching or something, um, and say I want to sign up with that person because it's probably going to cost you a good deal. Um, not a bad thing, but. The best lifters are not always the best coaches, um, and things can be very spotty. <clears throat> you want someone who's going to be 
very consistent with you, will work with you, uh, won't work against you because everyone's not the same. So, um, you know, if a coach is running a certain program, it, it's, it has to be more of a template thing they can adjust to you. It's not going, it can't be, um, you know, this is what you're getting and it's the same for everyone. Um, there has to be some sort of way to accommodate people. You know, there's in varying intensities, switching in and out some exercises here and there, you know, finding ways to really tailor it more to your experience. Um, but, you know, you only get that by following someone, you know, learning what they're all about, you know, what else was saying there. But if I pulled most of our team, they were probably right around that, probably three to six months. They were probably following me on Instagram, YouTube, all that, you know, however they found out about me in the first place. Maybe this podcast, maybe it's your first time listening to this podcast and you're like, you know, this is some decent info. Let me look up the Instagram. You like what we put out there. You check out our YouTube vids and you've just been doing that for a while. You're like, you know, this is quality information. I've tried it, helping me a ton. So I'm going to reach out to them. But that's usually, that's that's a really good point. Three to six months, um, I'd say probably is a good amount of time to track down the right person. But don't just go out to, uh, you know, I'm just going to bring him up because probably one of the most well-known guys now, Larry Wheels. You know, you might want to just DM him and be like, hey, can I get me to, you know, can I get coaching from you? Because um, first of all, a guy like that's going to have his hands full. So probably not going to be so personalized. Um and, you know, I'm not, I don't know how he is as a coach, but, you know, that's it's just a prime example of something that you probably don't want to do because the best lifters are not always the best coaches. All right, moving on to number three, sustainability. This is for sustainability. All right, so we're hitting on all three, motivation, accountability. This is sustainability, uh, being able to continue with what you're doing for a long period of time. Making sure what you're doing is repeatable. All right. Um, so these are things that you're going to want to avoid here. Um, too much training. Okay. So a lot of times when I get a lifter's uh, application for our team, um, you know, I'm just trying to find out more information about them, kind of their background and whatnot, what they've been doing for training. And you'd be surprised. And, and these are lifters with not a ton of powerlifting experience, but some do. But a lot of them will say they're in the gym every day or they're training five, six times a week. Um, and it seems like pretty heavy loads. Um, you know, they're really getting after it for that amount of time. And the, the first thing I usually say is, hey, we're probably going to be, I like to be around four days usually with our full power lifters, uh, if not less than that. Because I want you to have the time to be recovered. I want you to have the time for your nervous system to, to recover and for you to be able to and want to get into a session and attack it with 100% intensity. You know, Especially if it's early on in a training cycle, I don't want you feeling beat up to the point where you don't want to come in and lift. Um, so too much training is something that I see very often and that's going to uh, keep you from finding sustainability in a program if you're just doing too much it's just not sustainable uh, same thing with nutrition you know obviously if you're losing 
five pounds per week all the time or you're gaining a shit ton of weight all the time um like 10 pounds every week or something that's not something that's sustainable that's a very short-term thing and that's what's going to happen to your training if you try to do too much uh, at one time having variability in your training that's something that is very important as well not doing the same shit over and over and over um, I'm going to bring it up as, a, as an example. I don't throw any, anyone under the bus, but uh, I received an email as of late, <coughs> someone who has been stagnated on their bench press for quite some time, asking, of course, for some advice and whatnot. So I looked over what they've been doing for the programming. They said they were running this for 12 weeks. So they just gave me a layout of, you know, bench four by eight or something, day one and day two, day three. It was all in there. Um, and then I, I, you know, one of the things I asked was, all right, so what do you, anything that we vary here? Like what's the different sets and reps, all that different stuff. Um, and he said, no, I just do the same thing for 12 weeks. I just try to up the weight each week. Um, well, and then I told him, well, there's your problem right there. There's no variability there. You're doing four by eight for 12 weeks straight, trying to increase the weight. Um, you know, that's not going to set you. You can't expect to increase weight for 12 weeks straight doing the same sets and reps every time. Um, there needs to be some variability. Plus, you know, you're doing the same movements for 12 weeks straight. You know, I'm definitely for going in on those prime movements, you know, barbell row. I think you could have that probably within the program for the whole time if you wanted. Um, you know, pull-ups have their place. You know, these are all big movements I think can, you know, continue on in your programming throughout. But, you know, you want to have some variability. You want to have some type of fun with it. I know Elvis is really big on, he loves the board gauntlets. Board gauntlet is <laughs> phenomenal. He loves those board gauntlets. There's someone in HQ. It's like gotta run the board gauntlet. Gotta run the board. I, I love <laughs> love the board gauntlet. I love me some twenty ones. I love. I just love some fun movements. I love widowmaker squats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it makes training fun. Um, you know it shouldn't be just the boring four by twelves or whatever. You know you want to have some sort of variability, some sort of uh, saying, doing different movements or trying different things. Um, you know, if I if I got a new toy I want to play with in the gym, then you know I want to be able to use it. You know, have some fun with it. You know, that's great for sustainability. So that's something I always like to try to do with our athletes is understand, you know, what do they have access to, um, and then we can throw those in the programming. And after each training cycle, I try to communicate with them like, hey, you know, anything that you'd like to see added to your training. Um, because I want to hear from them. It's important for sustainability that I'm not always dictating what they do. Uh, they have some sort of say in that process. Um, and oftentimes the struggle with online coaching is you're not in the gym with them, so you have no idea what they have access to a lot of times. So, you know, someone may have access to a really good piece of equipment and you don't even know about it because you never really plan to ask. Um, So I always try to ask, hey, what do you have access to? You know, what can we use? Um, You know, except that time I kind of left Trey hanging with the bamboo bar, which we talked about (laughs) on numerous uh, podcasts. Because, you know, to tell the story one more time... um, you know, I've, I've been mentioned I wanted to do the bamboo bar stuff. It's something I like to use our athletes if they have the access to it. Um, so his wife got him a bamboo bar for Christmas. You know, awesome Christmas gift. Um, I'll take training equipment any day. But um, 
he ended up coming down and it was in August. He came down to train with us from Texas. He came over to New York to train and um, we're talking about it and whatnot. And, you know, this is something I like to show lifters, the bamboo bar. We do stuff on this when they come into the, to train with us. And, um, you know, we were being like, this, this thing's awesome. You know, I use this all the time. We want to use this in your training all the time. And, um, you know, and he brought up how he posted a, a photo around Christmas time of that. He got a bamboo bar for Christmas and stuff. But unfortunately, the system didn't really notify me that there was a photo there. He never brought it up again. So I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> we could have been using the bamboo bar the entire time. But, um, yeah, other than leaving Trey hanging, you know, that's something I try to, uh, you know, always always bring up. If you have a piece of equipment or something you want to see added into the training, you know, keep it fun. Um, adding fuel versus burning. You know, when I wrote this down, um, you know, I don't know what I was, <laughs> this is one of those ones I'm looking at and I'm trying to think where was I going with this one. But he wrote it down, he had a complete thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now it's, now it's stacked, it's all over the place. But what I think I was getting at here, fuel versus burn, um, you want to do things that are going to, to fuel you, um, that are going to leave you feeling good, feeling successful, gaining confidence um, versus burning, um, burning you out, uh, making you feel shitty after, killing your confidence, those type of things. Um, you always, when you uh, have that training in place, you know it's going to be sustainable if it fuels you more times than it burns. So think of it like, um, you know, a gas tank. You got to keep putting the gas in. Um, you can't just keep taking it out and using it. You know, you have to fuel at some point. So uh, that concept is really important. Making sure you're you're putting back in recovery, all that rest, um, just as much as you're taking out. And there's a balance there. Um, like I said, I'm going into recovery, and that that's something that's so huge. Uh, you're only as strong as what you can recover from. Training always breaks you down. Training never brings you up. No one ever gains strength in the gym. We just break ourselves down. Um, the true magic happens when you come out of the gym. You start hydrating, eating, sleeping, um, going through your recovery modalities. That's when the magic happens. Uh, training is only breaking yourself down. So you can't break yourself down more than you build yourself back up or you're going to have a pretty rough go. All right, moving on to number four, tracking progress. So this is big for motivation. This goes under the motivation um, category. Okay, tracking progress is very important. Monitoring progress um, because it allows, it's just like when you're losing weight. It keeps you motivated when you have comparisons of photos. So anytime someone's trying to make a body composition change, I always tell them, even if you hate where you're at right now, it doesn't matter. If you want to take the picture with a big frown face, that actually makes the end picture a lot better. So <laughs> give us your ugliest like looking face where you're pissed off and take that picture because you're going to want it later on. Uh, when you can do your nice, good smile face picture. And then, boom, you got the best transformation picture ever. But you're going to want to um, take note of where you are now, even if it's not the place you want to be. 
Um, you know, graphs are awesome. Anything with a graph, like uh, we have a within our VIP membership group, we started a um, a chat group just for the, those who are really trying to to lose weight, to share tips, keep each other motivated and accountable. Um, and Adam Bell, one of our lifters, he shared an awesome graph. He's working with Hybrid Nutrition there um, in regards to nutrition, and uh, he's working from uh, with a coach from them and. They had an awesome graph. Uh, I believe it was, it was like his calorie intake or his, his weight loss. It was like his weight loss. And um, he's making tremendous progress, losing a good amount of weight, keeping his strength. And um, there's a graph accompanying it. And I thought the graph was awesome. You know, Train Heroic, the, uh, the program that we use, uh, does graph some things as well in terms of where your one rep maxes are at different points in time and stuff. So I think all that is so great for keeping you motivated when you see that. Um, you can even look back on a two-year period and see, you know, those ups and downs that you took. You know, line graph's awesome. You know, it's usually ups and downs, but, you know, trending up is the goal. Training and nutrition, you want to track both of those so they both go hand in hand. <laughs> you know, you want to track um, progress in training, but you also want to, track your nutrition i just started doing some more tracking with my nutrition and i went up 10 pounds <laughs> i was severely under eaten for a little bit you know you don't really know until you start to actually track and then you're like oh shit i'm not eating anywhere near where i should or where i thought i might have been um but you know that's a plays a huge role in your training you know i instantly just from getting the calories i needed was holding about 10 more pounds very quickly um, just because how much I was under eating uh, and then of course you know it comes down to you will work harder when you see change occur you know that's what will keep you going in the end um, so if you're not seeing the change that you want to see you're not going to feel motivated that's why most people end up seeking out help anyway because they're just sick of being stuck where they are um, you need to see that change occur. But if you're not doing a good job monitoring it, you're not going to see it. If you, uh, if you ever hear any NFL news about a player being unhappy or anything, nine times out of ten, his team's been losing. Mm-hmm. You, you don't hear anything from teams that are winning. You know, that's a very good point. You never do, really. You get some exceptions here or there. Tom Brady isn't happy with the offense. I've been watching it. I understand why he's unhappy with the offense. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, no one else is complaining. Yeah. Because um, they're winning at the end of the day. I mean, you play the the game to win the game. So Ben Rosenberger threatened in retirement so many times when, uh, when he was on a losing team. Suddenly he starts winning again. Oh, I can play another year. Who is that? Um, who is the guy? Coach of the Jets. He was like, well, play to play to win the game. Who is that? Oh God, there's, I can't remember. There's too many Jets coaches. But you know, yeah, <laughs> more a Bill Belichick, ten seconds or so. But um, yeah, that's that's big. You know, obviously you don't hear any of that because you you play to win a game, then win a game. So there's not much to complain about when you're making progress in the gym. There's not much to complain about uh, when you're not making progress. That's when fingers start to point in different directions. Um, you know, and as a coach, it's really tough because I know, uh, even with my help, that lifters are going to go through their ups and downs. It's just part of the process. You know, everyone's going to experience their ups and downs. It's never a straight up. But also as a coach, at the end of the day, like if you're a coach of any NFL team, 
you know, if your players, if you're not giving the team results, if you're not giving your lifters results, you know, it comes back to you. So you end up getting fired. That's what ends up happening if you don't get the results that you um, planned out to get. You know, it's the same as any other coaching job. So, you know, obviously uh, I have to make sure that that line graph, even if it has ups and downs, that it's trending up. And if it doesn't, that's my ass. But that's coaching for you. I mean, Freddie Kitchens was on the hot seat for a little while in Cleveland. One three straight. Like, ooh, no one's no one's calling for him to be fired right now. Rex Ryan just changed. He said Baker Mayfield's overrated to now he's underrated. Yeah, there's uh there's a lot of coaches probably in the NFL probably gonna be fired. I'm surprised that uh Mike Tomlin's still even the head coach, to be honest with you. I was talking about someone about that today, but um, Jason Garrett saw Mark also Lewis there. was the longest term head coach that should have been fired way long ago. Bengals have not won a game since they fired Marvin Lewis. Well, there you go. Maybe he should have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're on to the last one, number five. This goes back to accountability. We got another one for accountability, and that is your training partners. One of the most valuable things you can have, especially if you don't have a coach, is your training partners. They pick each other up. Right, if you're down, uh, if you're coming into the session, you're not motivated, then it's the other training partner that's going to fire you up. You know, I've been through this many times. I've been through so many different groups of lifters as training partners, like my main core of people. Um, there was times I would train in the morning long ago. We'd have some awesome sessions. We just had a great click of people. Um, you know, it was only a few guys, but... Um, Certainly, there would be days I came in and their attitudes were kind of flat, but I pumped them up, pushed them to keep going. Um, there was days I came in, I was flat, not motivated, didn't really want to be there. Um, but, you know, their excitement and their push, you know, I had some of the best workouts that I didn't think would even happen, but, you know, they just kind of energized me. But we all kind of fueled each other, and that's what made it so awesome. Um, you know, and they held me accountable too. So you're not gonna bail, or you shouldn't bail, or your shitty training partner <laughs> when, <laughs> when your other training partners need you. You know, it, it's like a relationship. You, you know, you can't just take from it and not give. Um, you know, you, you're holding each other accountable to each other. Um, you know, if someone needs to be wrapped on a certain day, and you're the wrap guy, you know, you want to make sure you're there. You know, especially at a meet. Um, if you say you're going to be there for someone and you're going to take care of them, you got to be there. You know, that's very, very important. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why having a good training partner is so valuable. Not everyone has them. You know, maybe you train in a commercial gym or a home gym and you just don't have another person with you. Um, you know, that's tough. And I understand not everyone's going to have training partners uh, available to them but when you do uh, don't take it lightly because it can be one of the most beneficial things to your training uh, having those people as i say in the trenches with you you know i always respect those people the most um those are the ones that i want to go above and beyond for those training partners that i've had in the trenches with me you know i've i've coached when it feels more like a uh one-way street like you're giving more um and you're never really receiving anything back and you know that comes with the territory but um you know it's i always want to go above and beyond for those who have gone above and beyond 
uh, to help me as well. Uh, so, you know, perfect example, a uh, couple guys that I train with now, my buddy Stevie and uh, Behorn there, you know, well, it was the Arnold uh, few, uh, it was last year. They they took it upon themselves. They flew out to help me out, um, you know, and hang out that weekend and whatnot. Um, you know, I didn't ask them to, but uh, they wanted to do that, and I thought that was really awesome. Um, so, you know, those are two people that I've invested a lot of my time into uh, helping them get better. And, you know, it was awesome seeing Behorn punch his ticket to the Arnold this year. So he'll be there. So hopefully I have the chance to repay the favor and help him out there as well. Um, but things like that, that makes you want to go above and beyond for your training partners. So that's really, really key, having that accountability. All right, guys. So that's what I got down for you to recap. All right, covering the topics, motivation, accountability, sustainability. Uh, three huge things. One, set goals for motivation. Two, hire a coach for accountability. Three, make sure what you're doing is repeatable for a long period of time for sustainability. Four, tracking your progress for motivation. Uh, you know, you don't know you're making progress unless you're tracking it. And then number five, training partners for accountability, just as valuable as anything. All right. So there you have it, guys, at the podcast. Before you go, I want you to know VIP membership. Pause for the cause. All right. A word from our sponsors that we do not have. VIP membership. Get involved with a team for less than $10 a month, $9.99. You can get um, critiques on your videos. So if you post your videos, I will go in there. I will tell you what's up. How are you going to make progress? How are you going to get better? Um, today we just did our first live webinar in the, in the group, which we're going to start doing on a monthly basis. It was all about compensatory acceleration training, as you know, as speed work. Um, it was awesome. I did about an hour and a half lecture on speed work. I did not really plan it to go that long, but I got on a roll. So that's what ended up happening. And that is totally free for everyone in that group. Um, all the program templates on our website, free for that group. Uh, 15% off the entire Big Benches site. For that group, the new release on the shirt that we have, they're saving 20% and they can get it earlier than everyone else um, when you're part of that group. So you're getting all the perks, you're getting um, you know, the, the critiques, the direction, um, you're becoming the part of the community. So the VIP membership, if you want to get involved with our team at a, at a lower investment point than, um, say, our coaching, um, then you can do that. Nine ninety nine a month, our VIP membership. Go to bigbenches.com and then sign up there. All right, guys. Jo- thank you for, for joining the podcast today. We went. We did a little bit different. We went live on the uh, Facebook page today. We don't typically do that, but we're going to start doing that. So if you're listening or used to watchers on IG Live, we're going to be going live on Facebook pages uh, more often now. Okay, so switch over to that platform, uh, or just you know, if you're on there, you know, realize that we're going live. You can catch the recaps if you want to see the. Uh, the podcasts or jump to certain points um, it's all on there for you so get involved with our pages um, the content that we post there 
It does not always get shown. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Facebook algorithms or whatnot, but all our content does not always get shown to you. Uh, so you're actually missing out on a good deal. So you're going to want to uh, make sure you frequently like the posts that you see. Go to the page, like the posts. You know, you'll continue getting notified and seeing our posts in there, and you won't miss a beat. All right, so get involved, comment, like, um, you know, and just get active with that page because we're getting a lot of good content on there. I don't want you guys to miss out on. All right, this has been the Benchcast.